Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I am your host, Otis, and I am joined by Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hi. And Micah. Yeah, he's around here somewhere. I'll go get him. <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of 1408. The Dolphin Hotel invites you to stay in any of its stunning rooms, except one. <laughs> Hit that music. Garbage ghouls in honor. Take a seat and take a rest. From behind the curtain, a disconcerting nod. It's time to listen to the Spooky Movie Squad. <laughs> Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 219. Jesus, goddamn. <laughs> of this amazing podcast. So, with this month, I was trying to figure out a, a pretty sweet genre that we could do. And then it finally hit me that... One of, actually, my favorite author. There was a chunk of time where he loved making some poop-ass horror movies. And I would say in the late 2000s, someone was like, hey, let, let us do them. But, and then some good ones came out. So now we're getting this renaissance of Stephen King horror movies. So we are going to go through... I don't think I'm going to show... We're not doing the bad ones. We're doing the good ones. Yeah. One day we'll do Maximum Overdrive. (laughs) One day. Man, I remember watching that as a kid. I was like, is this good? And maybe one day we'll put on The Dark Tower and rant for an hour and a half. I like it. I just want more. (laughs) Unfortunately. But no, so we're doing Stephen King. That author, that guy that made that clown movie. Yeah, that guy. Stephen King. So uh, this is kind of his wheelhouse. He is known for horror honestly thrillers and stuff like that he does dip his toe into fantasy and he made the dark tower just fucking epic story and he's made a few other things that aren't spooky as fuck like the green mile that one's not scary at all and pretty fantasy i would say it's nothing really scary in it except racism there's a lot of that in that and that's scary as hell now that's spooky yeah but no he is he's known for having some of the best ideas and it's always funny when you find out how he came up with some weird idea and it's like oh like the shining he's like oh yeah i was in this weird ass hotel just me and my wife just it was just us and it's like man what if somebody went crazy and wanted to kill his family hmm I'm going to make a million dollars. <laughs> he sits down and writes the story. I will not kill my family. I'll just write about it. Yeah, right? I will not kill my family. I will just write about it. Honestly, that story was horrific. Yeah. So with 1408, he has a, just about every year he comes out with a giant novel because he loves writing. It's his favorite thing. He's like the opposite of George R. R. Martin. And when he's not making a novel... <laughs> He's making short stories. It's like every other year he comes out with like, hey, I made these 16 short stories. That could easily be a novel. Take, give me money. And he makes a <laughs> lot of money. So he actually made a story for an audiobook collection, uh, Blood and Smoke. And he came up with 1408. It was actually included in there. But it actually was just a, a, a an appendix for him to help people write nonfiction stories. just Or just to write stories. He's like, hey... Let, let's make up a story. And he's like, I'll make one about some ghost hunter that doesn't believe in ghosts. And he's in a room. And he made a couple, he wrote a couple of pages. And he's like, fuck. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then he kept going. And then he came up with 1408. He's like, well, well damn. <laughs> so he's known for some pretty solid short stories. You know, you get a little bit of facts and life about the character. But you don't got time it's like a short scary movie you, you gotta get to the scary and with 1408 gets to the scary pretty quick so 1408 is included in everything's eventual uh, I actually have this collection in paperback little tiny book but it came out in 2002 and everything eventual has I want to say a short story for the dark tower in it and you would like the man in the black suit Katie it's a really scary one this kid meets the devil and he has a Get away from him. So, uh, the Little Sisters of Illyria. So, you learn more about Roland's mom. And Roland has a fight off vampire nurses. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> they, yes. yes. And they keep drugging him so he can't fight <laughs> back. So, it's a really good story. So, 
but no, Everything Eventual is a really good one, and a couple of the stories actually became short movies, or someone's done something. I know Riding the Bullet. Twilight Zone things. Uh, Riding the Bullet had, what's his name, Ryder Strong? Isn't that, what's his face from Boy Sean Meets World? from Boy Meets World? Yes, I believe he was the main character in that story. But, anyway, 1408, this is a story starring John Cusack and Samuel Jackson, and it's all about this author. He goes to haunted places, and he records his adventures there, and he makes collections like 10 scariest airplanes, or 10 scariest cemeteries to go to, and he lives a life like that. 10 scariest bed and breakfast. Yes. He's like if BuzzFeed like, were an author. It's Thank not you. really scariest. It's like most haunted yeah. quote. Yeah. Or ghost face. Yeah, he follows yeah. he follows all these like ghosts. But he's not trying well, yeah. so much, I guess, to capture a ghost. Uh-huh. He's just making shit up. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like Grave Encounters. It's people that don't really believe in what they're doing, but it gives them a living. And Mike ends up in the Dolphin Hotel, and boy howdy, he learns that th- there's way worse things than ghosts. Just an evil fucking room, that's part of my stupid words, <laughs> that Samuel Jackson says. And he's stuck in the room, and it wants to fucking kill him. Actually, wants the room wants him to kill himself. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to, to watch, I guess. So, Katie, what did you think about 1408? Um, I think it was okay. It wasn't scary, really. It's one of those movies where you're kind of seeing more of... Um, it's similar to, like, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're watching this man go crazy. It's not so much that the, the room or the... How do I say? The things that are happening to him in the movie would be scary if they were happening to you, but the way yeah. that it's portrayed within the movie isn't scary to the watcher i think like it's it's made it's more of a like psycho thriller kind Mm of um as you try to watch as you're watching him go crazy and deal with the stuff in the room um and i thought it was really good but it wasn't scary Mm -hmm. anything spooky yeah 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 but i liked it yeah emma well i would have to agree um i mean this is I've seen this movie a handful of times, and it is a great movie. It's not scary like Make You Scream or Jump or whatever, but it is more of a mind mess, like a psychological thriller. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do I do enjoy the fact that like it makes you uneasy at some parts because you're like, oh, fuck. As an outsider, you're going, I would not do that. I would not, don't go in there, please. Don't mess with the things. Please don't hang your head out of a window. <laughs> but when you're in the moment of it, watching it, you're like, oh, God. And you really do feel like you're just experiencing this man's psychological decomposition. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's unnerving. It's a great movie. It is not scary, but it is uncomfortable. Yeah. So, Micah? I love this movie. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. If you're into psychological torture porn, then this is the movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it That room is very mean. Makes him relive some really, really bad things. And then lets him live... I, I don't know, without going into the plot. It, yeah. The room is mean. Like, live through it all over again. <laughs> the room is very, very mean. It's sadistic, I, I, man. You know, mm-hmm. it would be interesting if they did, like, an anthology of, like, each of the famous people that they found. Oh, that'd be fun. And their torture, like, their mental, like, what the room put them through. That would be cool. Hey, Hollywood, if you're out of ideas, there you go. Let's do that one. Yeah, 1408. You need more money right yeah <laughs> the, the visitors of 1408 because yeah. then it's not like a sequel or a prequel it's just like the no, like you said like stories. an anthology yeah. it would just be Shit, do a tv series do it yeah, watch yeah. an episode about someone going in and they don't get out <laughs> that would be really cool especially if you got to see like if they showed it over the course of however long the hotel's been mm-hmm. open like hundreds of years and eventually you get to the point where Samuel Jackson is the caretaker mm-hmm. or the manager of the hotel and he's kind of introducing each of these people into their rooms and then yeah. like 
shit goes and sideways, then, and then the end of it's like Samuel Jackson dealing with the, the fucking the housekeeper, the, and, the shit yeah. that's going and then here's on. Here's the other thing: is you can you can do like a uh, uh, a Loki miniseries where it does the TWA and stuff like that, but you do it with how the hotel picks its caretaker or whatever. Oh, that'd be and cool. Then, yeah. <laughs> So that there we would go. Be intense. You you got some. some I'd watch that show. I think that trademark, services. trademark, trademark. Right. I expect to be on the writing team. Thank you. <laughs> I think that would be a really cool show. To oh yeah. Just going back and like, here's the woman who ended up jumping out the window, and uh-huh. here's the dude who like slit his throat or hung himself or whatever. Like All that'd right. be really cool. made himself a eunuch. No thanks. <laughs> Time to blast this and like send it to Twitter accounts of like the. Everybody oh, like go, uh, who, who put nineteen Lionsgate has yeah. the, mm-hmm. the distributing rights to it. Just send it to like whatever the small studio is that put it together first. Yeah. I do want to send. Um, Should have did this before we did this month, but I want to send a message and it'd be cool if he messaged me back. But mm-hmm. hello, Mister King. Uh, what did you think about fourteen oh eight? Like when you wrote it and the movie. Because I know he has really strong opinions about some of these movies that came out. Yeah. The newer ones, he's like, fuck yeah, man. I'm making me money. But a few he of them, like a lot of Shining. opinions of his older work mm-hmm. that he did while he was super oh. high. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like I told you, uh, I want to say, it wasn't Cujo. It might have been Cujo. There's a few yeah. books he does not remember making because he was fucked up. And he's like, damn, this book's pretty good. I'm like, you made it, man. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to rehab. That's not good at all. Yeah, I liked... There were a lot of moments in that where it was like believable, almost like uh, watching the first Final Destination, where it's like these yeah. ridiculous things that it's like, hmm, I don't want to drive behind a truck with logs. You know, <laughs> you know just like little things like to that. To this day, <laughs> I don't want to step out into a fr- uh, a busy French street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit just demolishes you. Um, Bus busted. <laughs> I get it. Damn. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there there were a lot of parts that were like that. The one scene that, that uh, kind of got to me was... Don't spell anything yet. I'll just say one thing. Well, no. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I you can't really do it without giving stuff away. All right. Uh, let that be a... Lesson uh, to you. What do you call it? A foreshadow for what's to come in the yeah. rest of the, the story. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, it's... Stephen King, he has a couple of things that he's really good at, or he loves doing. He loves making scary stories with kids, because, you know, it's nothing worse than kids having to deal with adult shit. Mm. He loves Scary doing that. Fuck. Yeah. Like, hey, that's Murder Clown. As someone who has a kid, you know, it's just... It is <laughs> really, really, punk. really just... Oh, it's traumatizing. Yeah. Get out. But another <laughs> so thing, we're clear, adults dealing with adult shit is hard. <laughs> yeah. But another thing he really loves doing is making inanimate objects the worst fucking thing in the room. <laughs> There's a, a short story where uh, I think it's called Rest Stop, and this station wagon just skids into a rest stop. The doors open. And it puts its hazards on. And you're like, huh? And if somebody comes up, some you know. Nice pedestrians, like, hey, are you all right? Because it, you know, skids off. You get close to the station wagon, it starts eating people. And some dude just gets, and it eats them. Okay, rubber slash maximum overdrive. Then that car is off on the side with its hazards on, and people are like, oh, shit, something's happened over here. So it just eats all the nice people that try to stop. And it takes, like, a kid, because a kid sees this man get eaten. He's like, oh, my God, that car just ate that person. <laughs> and, so this, and so this kid's the one who has to save the day, because he's, like, he's the only one that saw it happen. It's it, He loves doing things like that. And I thought it was the coolest fucking story. So, 1408, I love this story, because he, and I know Katie is not the biggest fan of this in horror movies, but he sometimes, he don't like explaining how shit, where it came from. Honestly, with it, he... Explain a little bit about where that evil spider clown came from, but not really. He just knows that it's it's been here for a long time, and it came from, like, space. That is kind of it. But a lot of his stories, just the evil room. They don't say, like, oh, they did satanic rituals in the basement. No. Is it a monster? Mm-hmm. It just <laughs> likes people dying in the room. It's it's not even killing people itself. It's like, I'm just going to fuck with you until you want to die. 
And that's it. And how you know the room's like. Hey, hey, hey. It's the kind of. But op- I saw it in the garden. It's Wasn't the kind me? of open-ending explanation that you that sets up your junior year in high school's next essay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what what does this you know what what kind of symbolism can you get from when Stephen King says that this car <laughs> ate that man? Right. Well, you see. Last summer, I had a lot of things interesting happen to me. Right. And this is my story. Right. I feel he needs to stay off that smack, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Cars eating people? That's mm. crazy. So, uh, but no, this is, it's a great story, a great short story. Uh, grab the book, Everything's Eventual. Some really good short stories in there. And I need to get a hardback cover of it. I have this tiny little fat-ass book, old one. I saw the receipt inside because I used that as bookmarks. It's super duper faded. I forgot the year I got it. Because this came out in 2002. I want to say probably 2003. Old mm-hmm. ass receipt. And I was like, hey, everybody. <laughs> so, no, it, it's a fun one. So, uh, we'll get through the story. And then I'll talk about the differences between the short story and the movie. Because the movie, there were two endings. And then the book ending is completely different from those two endings. So, I don't know which one I like better. I do like the theatrical one that came with the movie. I think it's the coolest one. Mm-hmm. But not really that Stephen Kingy. Because I'll tell you one thing about Stephen, Stephen King stories. <laughs> uh, he really likes killing his characters off. Yeah, he does. If he can kill everybody and make you feel like shit for it, he's like, yeah. He doesn't have any fucks to give. He's yeah. like, bye. Uh, like the fucking stand? Oh, man, my boy Nick. Oh, he didn't have to go out like la, that. La, Halfway la, through the book, he went down. I was like... I hate you so much, Steve. You stop spoiling shit? Damn. That I'm book is not older. even halfway through. Oh. <laughs> God damn. I need to go back to that. I was it's listening a, to it. Uh, it's a long ass I have, book. I have like four hours every morning at work, so I got really into audiobooks. Yeah. So that's how I plowed through most of the Star Wars <laughs> canon books just, that are out now. Oh, it is. But I started how dare you not read that book? I just, I don't it's 5,000 pages. That's how right. I haven't fucking read that book. <laughs> My ADD shut. took over and I went other directions, but I need to go he back went, to it. Star Wars! But no. The stand's good. I, I was gonna pick that, but it's not—it's not, it's not a good made for TV. The original made for TV is not good. It's not good. Have you watched the new one? No, I haven't. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared it won't be good. Nobody be said sad. anything about it. Like I feel like they put I it feel out. That means it's shit. Yeah, but the, but you always hear about the things that are shit. Yeah, you're right about that. Nobody said anything. I think it was because it was a CBS original, and everybody's oh. like, "I don't have fucking CBS. What the hell is that?" <laughs> okay, so the movie. It's all about Mike Inslin. Inslin? Inslin. Inslin. Yeah, E E N S L I N, I think. Inslin. Yeah. I think they say Inslin, though. Figure out the movie. Hell, I don't know. I'm just going to say Mike. This is the last time I've said it. Whatever it is, you said it. Mike, 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 Mike. (laughs) Guess what day it is? It's the day you die. (laughs) So, uh, like we were saying before, Mike, he's a very cynical, skeptical author. He really doesn't think. Well, it's the fact that he wants ghosts to pop out. He really wants to see them, you know? And that's kind of different from the book Mike, because the book Mike's just like, I just make these stories because they're popular. He doesn't really feel either way about ghosts. He honestly thinks they aren't fucking real. Mm -hmm. He's like, nothing's going to jump out. You know, I've been doing this for years. This shit ain't real. And then he's like, oh, no, fortunately. So uh, he's estranged from his wife. Uh, In the book, there is no wife. They talk about... And after the death of his daughter Katie, there's a lot of Katies that end up have bad stories in horror movies. I've learned. Mm, there's a lot of Katies that are just like from stories, but they were already dead. They yeah. weren't actually like in the story. Yeah. So uh, after his death, a lot of things happened, and he just you know kind of ran away from a lot of problems, like his wife. <laughs> so at a book signing for his new book, what was it? 10 scary, what, cemeteries or bed and breakfasts, you know, around the world. Something like that. Something like that, and six people are there. One of the people that came up for a sign on the book was like, hey, can you sign this old book you did, The Long Road Home, Long Way Home? But I like that he does it on purpose, like in typical Samuel L. Jackson style. (laughs) Also, what a great little just see it like tiny little moment for Samuel L. Jackson. I really liked his character in this. He was great. He was good. <laughs> so, after learning that maybe the character in his old story 
might be about him and his daughter. And he's like, is it real? They're like, nah, it ain't real. Shifty-eyed, shifty-eyed. <laughs> so what happens is he checks his mail, and all of these people, they always send him messages saying, like, hey, check out my bed and breakfast. Check out this hotel. There's scary shit all the time. And he looks for the ones that, you know, catch his eye. And he gets one from a hotel called The Dolphin in New York City. And it says, don't enter 1408. And that's all it says. And he's like, okay, okay. And he checks out the dolphin in 1408. And he learns that in the last 95 years, no one's lasted more than an hour inside of this room. And the body count is 56 deaths. <laughs> and he's like, wait, wait, what? He's like, yeah, 56 deaths. And I believe he said 23 were like suicides or just mm-hmm. something brutal but the rest were quotation mark natural deaths in the room it was like heart attacks mm-hmm. or seizures or strokes yeah. or something or drowning yeah, yeah. In, in the book they actually explain even the maids people that go into the room little by little they die and it's like everyone that retires and leaves the hotel if they've been in there long enough it's like hypertension their back it it just physically fucks with you if you stay in there long enough I'm like oh my god (laughs) so it's a scary room it just drains you if you're in there and so this whole time the hotel manager Samuel Jackson he's telling him please don't do it it's (laughs) like after an hour usually people they kill themselves in there or something happens they have a heart attack seriously I will give you all this info on all the deaths and you can fake a story you can say you went in you can go into 1408, I mean 1409, 1407, and be like, yeah, I was in that room. It was scary as hell. Just don't go into the room, please. And Mike's like, nah, man. I'm going to be fine. I'll be, hey, you'll see me tomorrow morning. He's like, bro, seriously, can you just, please, just lie, please, God. And Mike's like, no, I'm, I want the room. And he's like, okay, that's fine with me. So, Gerald... He, he tells him, he's like, okay, you can go in. He tells him that electronics don't work in the room. And he has to actually use a real key. And I, I thought that was kind of scary. He says, like, phones, alarms, everything, nothing works in the room. And he's like, oh, is it the ghost? The ghosts that are doing it? And he's like, no, it's just an evil fucking room. And he's like, I don't understand what it is, bro. But have fun, man. So inside the room... Mike, he has a couple of items that he brings with him. He has a mini cassette recorder, and he keeps on him and stuff. And so he does... What's the word? What's the word? In the book, he he says that it's better for him to not just write down all his words if he can listen back to what has been said, and he can do correspondence like that. And he has other items with him and stuff, but yeah... They don't use it in this room. So, the room, instantly, the second he goes in, it starts screwing with him. And things happen. He rips off some toilet paper just to clean his nose. And he looks back and the toilet paper is set like nothing got taken. He looks at the bed and there's little chocolates on the pillow. He's <laughs> like, he thinks someone snuck in there and did it. And he's like, no, someone, someone came in here. I know they did. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? And then... The clock radio starts playing We've Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. That's the song that Chubbs played when he was in heaven, trying to make Happy Gilmore golf better. <laughs> <laughs> and the digital display, it switches to a countdown starting from one hour. And so Mike's like, oh yeah, Gerald said no one stays in the room more than an hour. Okay. And for a little bit, he thinks Gerald and other hotel people are fucking with him, and He's like, oh, he gave me that drink. He probably spiked it with, like, LSD, and I'm just tripping my ass off in here. (laughs) Thinking, you know, the TV's about to eat me and stuff. And so this is the part of the movie where things just get really stupid. And it's constant voices of his daughter. And he actually sees his dad. And so we learn that he doesn't have the best relationship with his dad. And he sees... Who else? He sees the many people that died in the room and he sees scary flashbacks of them going down and stuff like that so um, after a while he starts to he wants to leave he doesn't want to be in the room anymore and the room's like nah man this, this is what we do bud and 
uh, I remember there's one scene where he goes into the vents and he tries to crawl out and there's like a crazy mummy mummy person in there and he fights it off and falls back into the room he hops out onto the balcony not even the balcony just the window yeah there's just like an artistic ledge out yeah. there <laughs> and he's like well fuck it I'll just creep to the other room window and I'll just go in fuck it I don't care if I'm a peeping Tom I just want to get out of this room well the room's like oh okay you're trying to go outside cool and he glances down and there are no other windows for miles and he's like oh okay and then the window starts to close he's like oh shit 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 and dives back in and then the room just blocks off the door and the window just bricks and he's like no and the the you are here in relationship to like where the (laughs) escape is and all that kind of stuff and everything is blocked out it was absolutely blocked oh man it's so (laughs) okay so at this point Mike he actually tries to use his laptop to call his wife and a couple of times it doesn't go good the sprinklers go off so the the room is like I assume it's like watching him and it's like what what you doing bud nah quit that (laughs) and then the room it was hot at first and then uh, well the technician came to the doorway and was like, I'm not going in that fucking room. <laughs> but all you gotta do is just touch like the mercury thing and it'll fix it. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I'm not going in that fucking room, bro. And then, so it was hot at first, then it got wet because of the sprinklers, and then the room drops to freezing. <laughs> and then the, lap- the laptop, it turns back on. And so he's talking to his wife, and his wife's like, well, they, the cops, they're there. He told me to you know, try to find you. They're, you're not in the room. And they're looking around. And then a evil version of him pops up on the laptop and is talking to his wife. And is like, hey, no, I need you here. You need to come here. I really want to talk to you. Just come up to the room, 1408. And I love that the evil John Cusack looks at him and, like, winks. He's like, wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yeah, your wife will be here soon. I'm going to kill you both. <laughs> so the room just starts acting crazy. And there's a picture on the wall. I forgot the cameo. So the the crazy person with the hammer that pops out. You know who that guy was? So that was Benny. Oh, I'm going to mess his last name up. Benny the Jet Urkades. So from... Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, this is super funny. So when the credits were rolling, we were just kind of sitting there and... <laughs> I would, I was, you know, scrolling through my phone, whatever, and I would look up at random times, and I looked up just in time, and I went, huh. and I was like, hey, Emma, so, I, well, you were doing something, and I was, I was sitting on the couch, talking what? to Jackson, okay, whatever it was, but, um, I was like, hey, there's somebody in here, just some random guy, I didn't see what his job was, I didn't know who he was, but I just saw his name is Benny, and his nickname is The Jet, and I just, had a laugh about that randomly because I saw it scrolling through. So I'll tell you what he does. Katie and I we reviewed a Jackie Chan film an old one called Meals on, no, Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals. And he is (laughs) the villain. He is the the best fighter in the movie. He gets the name of Thug number three. But it's one of the best fights that Jackie Chan people always talk about this. So that was him. And I was like why is he in this fucking movie? He trained John Cusack in fighting. So that was like, that's like his way. master. He's like, you want to be in my movie? And he's like, hell yeah. That's dope. So he got him a payday. <laughs> so uh, I believe it's, what, jujitsu, I believe, is what he trains in. But he's a black belt in like a billion things. And he likes traveling to places and beating people up. So he got him into the movie. And I was like, that's good. I mean, I guess if I had someone training me in something, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting you paid, bud. <laughs> so the room's acting crazy. And there's this picture with the claw guy in it he just pops up in the picture but it's a storm and Mike breaks the picture and then the room fills up with water and he's like oh shit what's happening? He didn't even get to hit that picture oh he's about to and then it just (laughs) exploded on him and at the beginning of the movie Mike was surfing and he wipes out and I guess he tries to fight but it seems like he just kind of lets himself sink and he just ends up on the beach and they're like oh my god you could have died bro so he, the room fills up with water, and he wakes up back on the beach, and then he thinks to himself, like, oh, shit, what a weird fucking dream. I didn't go into that room. Awesome. Then he continues his life. He actually reconciles with his 
with his estranged wife, he talks to his dad and works out their relationship. Everything is working out in his life. And I was like, damn, that's really weird. So Lily... Wait. Yes. The the dad part happened in the room. In the room, but I thought he talked to him when he got out. I don't think so. I think it was just that when room. When he got out. No, I think he just... It, it he was walked, just he like, instead of the, like He turned to go to the bathroom, and instead of the bathroom, it was that. Oh, so he just wrecked out right then. Okay, I thought he talked to his dad afterwards. Yeah. So everything's going good in his life, and Lily tells him to write a book about 1408 and all the scary things that happened in it. And then when he goes to the post office to send off the manuscript for the, the book to his publisher... <laughs> Everybody that's in that room were people in the hotel. And then they started ripping the walls down. And he realizes he's still in the room. They pulled the Grave Encounters 2 on him. <laughs> and he was like, oh my god, I never left. And he's, he's losing it at this point. And then Katie's ghost, his daughter, comes into the room and she's like, you know, do you miss me? He's like... I, you know, of course I miss you. Yeah, and he's like, well, what would you do to be with me? And he's like, I'd do anything. And, you know, evil Katie, like, winks at the screen, like, hey, hey I'm going to give him a kill himself. And then she just disintegrates into dust. And he's like, oh, no. He got to see his daughter again, and that really gets him. And then the countdown ends. And the room goes back to normal. And Mike's like, fuck. And he's like... He's, he, he, he's giving up at this point. He's like, you win, man. You win. And the radio sets itself back to 60 minutes. The countdown and, starts again. And then the phone calls him. And Mike, he asks him, he's like, why haven't I been killed? Why haven't you killed me? And the voice tells him that guests enjoy free will. It's like, you can relive that hour again, bud. Or you can use the express checkout system. Yikes. And then a noose pops down. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, if you want to keep doing that, we can run that shit. Because in real time, it's probably been 10 minutes. But mm-hmm. you know, if you want to do that again, we can do that again. And he's like, oh, no. So this is the part where it changes for different versions. So in the movie version, he, Mike, makes a Molotov cocktail, rips part of his shirt, and stuffs it into the bottle. And he lights it with his lighter. And throws it into on the bed, and the fire starts spreading all crazy. And the room didn't take into account that he had booze on him. It wasn't its booze. And so he's like, oh, oh shit, he made a fucking fire. And <laughs> the room is very confused. And then Mike pulls a backdraft. And that's, if you don't know what a backdraft is, so if a fire is enclosed in a room and you open a door real fast or a window, the fire gets oxygen really fast and it just explodes the room. There's an old timey movie from the 90s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, called Backdraft, and an evil person was... Possibly late 80s. ...setting up fires and killing people like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It was a big-ass movie, so... Yeah, there's a whole ride at Universal Studios yeah. about Backdraft. And so, the Backdraft happens, and the room is fucking on fire. And he's laying on the ground just laughing. He's like, hey, I got you, I got you. And the manager, Gerald, is sitting in his office. He's like, son of a bitch. I think he mm-hmm. did it. <laughs> so, in the book version, which... I don't know. It seems more Stephen Kingy, the ending. So, after that hour happens, and the room's like, hey man, if you want to leave, just kill yourself. It's easy. And he's like, I'm not going to kill myself. He take actually, he um, brought matches with him. He lights all the matches off and sets his Hawaiian shirt on fire. It's like an old ratty good luck charm that he has. He goes yeah. everywhere with his Hawaiian shirt. Lights that on fire. That goes up instantly because it's fucking... Old as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on fire and the room gets caught off guard because he's he made fire and the room's like, what? And he's able to get out of the door. And he makes it to the hallway and someone's like going to get ice and they see him and they're like, oh. And they save him. And then Mike grabs the guy and is like, don't go in that room. It's fucking evil. And then the guy glances into the room and it he says that it felt like the room was trying to reach out to him. To get them back and he's like ooh and he kind of drags Mike away Mike gets out and he has scars and stuff and then at the end of the movie so it ties back into the ending of this Mike gets out and he talks to his wife and they get back together and she's like hey you should get past all this crazy stuff that happened in that room uh, here's a couple of items from the room he's like hey your old tape recorder it still works Mike turns it on 
and his wife hears the voice of their daughter talking to him and Mike just turns to her and he makes a face like fucking crazy room she I'm telling like shit you she her pants in the doorway yeah. it was yeah. a good ending yeah, that just, was a good he just choice. nods he's like yeah I'm telling you man I went through some shit in that room Yeah. the book version Mike doesn't hear what's on the tape his publisher gets the tape recorder and he goes through it and he says what Mike does in the book he will say something and he press stop so he records and stops and he said there was about 25 minutes of recordings and he said every second that tape tape played, it was just a man going absolutely insane. And he was like, it was the worst thing to listen to. And a couple of the lines, he was like, Michael be like, yeah, this room's pretty normal. And what was that? Uh, and then just, and he he said something about his brother getting eaten by wolves. He's like, why did I say that? And it just got crazier and crazier. And he said he started hearing voices on the tape with Mike, and he's like. Nope. And he just locked it up. He's like, nah, no one's going to hear that shit. That's really scary. Yeah. So another ending to the movie. I was going to say those two were kind of... Yeah. So another ending that was going to be the original ending, but then they were like, oh, that's kind of fucking sad. Mike does not survive the fire, but he's happy because he killed the room. And Gerald comes to the funeral for Mike, and he wants to hand Lily all the stuff. And he's like, this was his things that we got. And Lily's like, nope. I'm ready to get past that, leave that shit in the past. He heads to his car with all the things, and he looks into the rearview mirror, and he sees a burnt-up mic in the back seat. And he's like, oh, Hard shit, and oh. screams, and then it disappears, and he sees a little girl running in the cemetery, going somewhere, and he's like, is that the girl? And he's like, and Samuel Jackson's like, I need to quit. I need to get out of here. And he mm-hmm. leaves. So it's supposed to be like Mike gets to be with his daughter yeah. kind of thing. And then we go back to 1408, a burnt up 1408, and Mike is just standing in the rubble. And he's like, hey, fucking cool. I did it. And then he hears his his daughter telling him, like, come on, Dad, where you, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, you're right. And he walks off. So he is back with his daughter. And people were like, that's more of a Stephen King ending. But everybody was like, man... He went through all this shit and then died at the end. I'm like, yeah, that's a Stephen King ending. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be... A, I mean, I'd, I'd be okay with an ending like that. Yeah, man. That's, like, that's what they do. So, those are all the endings, but I don't know. I I, I like the one that he actually survives. They're just like, yeah, that was wild as yeah, I think Yeah, I think the one that they went with was yeah, really, it was pretty really solid. good ending. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in 1408? That would be Samuel L. Jackson. And I'll let Michael fill you in on why. What? Yep. I'll let you fill fill us in on why Samuel Jackson was the best character in this movie. Oh, okay. Did I say something wrong? No, no. Damn, I was gonna say that. (laughs) You you were gonna say that. I was like, go ahead. I always end up going first and like taking somebody's thing. Okay. I was like, oh god. Go ahead. Did I I jump in the wrong spot? (laughs) I played an arrest again. If you're going to play an arrest, make a loud account, Micah. Come on. You know the rules. You know the rules. (laughs) Um, I like Samuel L. Jackson's character because he was being serious and at the same time recognized how cynical uh, Mike's character was, which was... uh, I really want to know more about Samuel L. Jackson's character. It makes me want more. It's like, how do you know people are that... The only way you know people are that jaded is if you're that jaded yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously with all the murders and everything, he internalized it. Mike's like, yeah, I did my research too. Look, he's he's reading it verbatim. Look, I can do it too. (laughs) (laughs) But but he even slips up, you know, like Mike is incredibly clever and like even Samuel L. Jackson didn't give enough credit. You know, when he gives him over the bottle of really fancy, I don't know, I'm assuming bourbon. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever he would Dark said. liquor. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it kind of tripped his character off because he was like, I gave you the he bottle. I gave me. him. Well, I gave I gave him the bottle. I gave him everything good. He's gone. He's like, I'm still going to need that key. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he gets super mad about it. <laughs> um, but he has such a... I don't know. His character is so serious without needing to be anything over the top. Yeah. Like, even when he gets mad, it's not him being over the top. That's, like, a genuine reaction of somebody who's, like... I almost feel like it, he's, like, a wise person teaching somebody who's really new to something and yeah. being, like, 
you don't know what you're fucking with, and I really just I, you should just go home. Yeah. Just just go home. Don't don't touch it. Don't push the yeah. red button. <laughs> it's it's not gonna end well. It's like okay, well, I'm still gonna push the button. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching your kid fuck up <laughs> yeah, right? but then at the end he's like super proud dad cause he's like yeah he did it I'll, I'll, I'll be that <sighs> is good bourbon <laughs> right. Katie did I miss anything? nope <laughs> uh, Emma? well since they both already said Samuel Jackson um, I also say Samuel Jackson <laughs> but honorable mention to John Cusack yeah. not Mike the character, but John Cusack. The actor, yes. Because that takes so much to be on your own in a scene with pretty much nothing nothing for an hour of this hour and a half movie. And he is just like we said at the beginning. It is watching someone devolve very quickly. And his acting was great. Absolutely phenomenal. So, John Cusack, good on you, man. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, John Cusack. This is one of those films that doesn't have that many people. Up front, you see all the people, and then it's just John Cusack for, what, 40 minutes by himself? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you see all the people come back. Yeah, he acted his ass off. And yeah, he did. The character, you know, he's that, oh, I don't believe in shit. He's like, oh, I believe in a lot of shit now. So, you know, <laughs> when he picks up the Bible, he's like, fine, when in Rome. <laughs> and he opens the pages and it's completely blank. And I was like, mm-mm. Right. <laughs> but no, um, it's fun. In the book for Gerald, the hotel manager, there's more lines that he said. And I wish they kind of added it to the movie. But, you know, it's like. 10 extra minutes of him talking, which I'm fine with. <laughs> yes, please give Samuel L. Jackson 10 minutes extra of time. Yeah, please. but he Always. talks about that he came up with plans so the room wouldn't just fuck with people because once a month they do a turndown service to the room and they clean it. And he says that he, uh, they had two cleaners that were twins and for some reason the room couldn't fuck with twins because they had some type of you know close relationship. And he's like, yeah, I would go with them so they just didn't get screwed with and they would clean in 10 minute intervals he's like it's still one of them died later on in life and it's all these things these planes he came up with and then someone's like um what did he say I think he said why don't you just do something about the room he's like I just don't know what would happen if we screwed with that what if the whole place just disappeared you know he he thinks about because he's probably thought about like I just fucked that room up real quick he's like no I'm kind of scared and he's like I try my best to stay away from it and he's like, if I can help it, I don't get off the elevator on this floor. But if I have to, I'll stand in the like the door frame so the door won't close on people and they're just stuck in there for years, you know, a minute is a year. But his character in the book was like, I am not playing. You will not last more than an hour. Mike's like, yes, I will. He's like, no, you won't. Please do not go in. He's like, I'm going. John Junkie's like, this shit's fake. <laughs> I can believe it's not butter. I no, call cap. I yeah. call you can't, cap. No one can. <laughs> but, and then finally, he's like, I'm still doing it. He's like, fuck. Good luck, man. Good luck. You're going to die. And he's yeah, like. Here's some, here's some alcohol to numb your death. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie, who was your least favorite character in 1408? Pre-Dolphin John Cusack. Oh, the, okay. Um, so before he, before Mike got to the hotel and into, like, the going crazy part, um, just I did not like the character of Mike until he started going crazy because that whole time he's just arrogant as fuck. He's like a cocky little bitch. And um, I just didn't like it. And he thought he was, like, big shit. And then he goes to, like, a book signing. And there's, like, three people listening to him read out of his book. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, you're not a big shot. Like, go fuck yourself. So his character before he gets to the dolphin is garbage. Um, but once he's there and he gets to have a little bit of rapport, like, conversation with Samuel Jackson. And then he finally gets into the room. Um, that's when you actually start to feel sympathetic for Mike. Yeah. Or some, you feel some kind of way about what's going on with him. Literally anything for him at all. Yeah, but, um, I did not like him before that. Mm Mm-hmm. Emma? 
Um, I said the room because what a dick. <laughs> so, Micah? Emo Mike. <laughs> yeah. When he was really going through it after the, the window shut on his hand and he started kind of losing his shit and the, the door handle fell off and all that kind of stuff, they threw super thick eyeliner on him. Oh, so yeah. it was like emo Mike. The <laughs> eyeliner was wild. That was a poor and costume a choice. Lot of hair. Yeah. The hair was wild, too. Dude, um, his fucking eye twitch, though, with all that, I was like, fuck, no thanks. But yeah, he's losing his shit. I, oh, when did he come back? Um, I'm trying to remember the, the, like, the recall where he was like, mm. he came out of it and he was back to being all clean and everything, not out of the room, but, like, he snapped out of it and all of a sudden he was back. It was at the end of the timer. After the whole room had gone really fucking nuts, and it was at the end of the timer when he just stood up and the whole room was clean and he was proper and nothing except for emo face and hair. <laughs> but yeah, what a. I'm, I'm also going to say the room because that one part of letting him get to see his daughter again, just yeah. to have her crumble to ashes, and then after that, him. When he's trying to scoop it all back yeah. up together, oh, man. man. Uh, I don't know if that was ad-libbed or actually written in. Oh, that was so awful. Whoever, whoever put that one together, that was a gut punch. Yeah. That hurt. Holy For shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have a least favorite character. The room, all, all the instances that we've said of the room, the room's a son of a bitch. But, yeah, <laughs> That that's a good villain, man. It's like I, yeah, that is a really good. You know, villain. at the beginning of the at, of the story, the room's like, "You will kill yourself if you come in here." And they're like, "No, I won't." Then you know, an hour later, like, "Oh my god, it let me see my daughter you again." And I will killed say, her. this was you said it came out in two, right? Yeah, this was like the perfect time for this movie yeah. to come out because it's like right in between different technological like mass improvements, you know, with like smartphones and stuff. But for some reason, there's I didn't think we had actually no video. 07 sorry okay the book 02 okay I gotcha but, but still, but even still though, it yeah. worked out where it was like that weird like the room still had a 90s TV in it instead of a flat yeah. screen you well, know? <laughs> most of us still had two yeah. TVs oh yeah in 07, 07 I had a fat ass TV then <laughs> yeah and smartphones were like just becoming a thing yeah. so it was like okay and then the the one little like and and this is why because that one scene where he's talking to the uh the the wife mm -hmm. when she calls back when it's super cold and then all of a sudden the room takes over and portrays Mike talking like ah, I don't feel like they needed to add that it just kind of was a little just like, no, 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 go back to the not technology because it was going really well. Yeah. Oh, the one other thing I wanted to say that, that I brought up earlier. Yeah. This is my least favorite character moment, <laughs> whatever. When he chucks the damn uh, lamp out the window and then it just kind of like, yeah. like a computer program. It just like <laughs> pixelates away and it's like, what the fuck was that? That happened with the girl too. The woman who jumped out the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything. So the... It's just showing you the room only has so far of a reach, it won't actually reach all the way to the ground. Yeah, I just feel like that 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 like moment where it like hits an invisible wall and just digitally disappears is just like mm, no, 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 okay, okay, we're good, we're good. We're like, and it gets like back on the rails with everything. It's like okay, we're back. Oof, right. Oh no, no, just kidding. <laughs> went outside. He's like, you sneaky Let bitch. The gravy train roll. Yeah. <laughs> so let us do. Wait, did I do mine? Yes. No. I yeah, said I didn't have one. You said the room. Because mm. the room's a son of a bitch. Yeah. It's a son of a bitch, but it's fun. But not fun? <laughs> so let us do seven word synopsis. So I have two of them. Um, room showed his dead daughter. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I'm not trying to see dead people. They're like, you should kill yourself to be with me. Like, oh my God, you suck, Room. I'm like, God damn. Uh, and my like, next, I hate you for making me consider this. God yeah. damn it. Uh, so it, you could easily tell, like, oh, man, it ain't hard to make somebody really want to not be alive anymore. Just got to show them the right stuff and the right combination to make people just, like, walk out the window and fall. I'm like, god damn. And then my second one is, what is it? An evil fucking room. <laughs> Samuel Jackson's like, ain't no ghost in that room, bro. I don't know what it is, but that 
ain't no ghosts in that room. That is just an evil fucking room. You got like, ghosts in your room. You should do some cocaine up Do some fire about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katie. Recording of dead daughter fucked mom up. Yup. Is he in California or just haunted? Yikes. <laughs> 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 and then my last one. Haunted Room Terrorizes Non-Believing Haunted Room Author. Yep. Now I've got Califucked Vacation instead of Californication <laughs> stuck in my head. Thanks for that. Mike just, Mike got Califucked Vacation. That's hard to do. <laughs> Micah. Uh, Cusack looks worse in hats than me. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, Look, he has a big head too. Because yeah. the first hat he wears is a dad cap, and it's like, like yeah, he's got he's just sitting on the top. Like of I know head. he's got a bunch of long hair, but even with that, like people with long hair can still put on a fucking hat. Oh, yeah. and the beach uh, fedora. Oh. Yeah, the fedora was bad too. That was, rough. that was really bad. I mean, I have to special order my hats because yeah. my head's too big. Yeah, he's so a big old noggin. Shit. I was like, hey, I'm not alone. And then you have two more. <laughs> uh, Bravo, Mr. Olin. That is very unsettling. <laughs> With, when he's got the mints on the pillow, he's like, oh, that is unsettling. Do <laughs> <laughs> the job. We are not rattled. Yeah. I love that he throws it back at the end of the movie where he's like, no, this is it. And he, he, he goes to smoke the cigarette in the room, fucking turns on the sprinklers again, and he's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, we, we are not rattled, and that was it. And then he caused the back trip. I was like, fucking yeah, there we go, yeah, take man. over. He caught that room off guard. The room's like, oh, shit, 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 shit. I'm like, yeah, you don't <laughs> got time to fix this. I do I do appreciate that they kept that going with, like, his clever little moves that yeah. just, you know. It, it, worked, it worked for his character when he did that with the bottle at the beginning. Yeah. And so they set that up really fucking well. Yeah. Like, I feel like John Cusack through this movie... It was good. Like, his character development or whatever, just, just everything about it was... It yeah. worked throughout the entire movie. It wasn't just random all over the place. Yeah. And then at the end, when he fucking plays the tape... Ugh. Fuck. <laughs> good ending. Okay, I have a few. Not the dolphin I want to see. <laughs> and I have a 14... I don't want to clean the mess unless it's that time of the month. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> and then more twists and turns than mountain roads. You're right. And then I have two alliteratives. Wretched room really rattles rave residential writer. Mm-hmm. And then king captures chaos creating creepy cataclysmic crises. Ooh. Heck yeah. So... Let's do minority kill count. So I, I mean, there were a lot of people died. I think there were all one, but no one died in the movie? No. No? No, there was one house cleaner from El Salvador, I think he said, but she only gouged her eyes out and went blind, so she and didn't And she didn't die. actually end up seeing it in the movie. Yeah. Which is like mentioned offhand. Yeah. Just in the, talked about. In the book, uh, that lady was cleaning... The restroom, and then that door slammed yeah. behind her, and then she—I believe she gouged her eyes out. Yep. Yeah, that's what Emma said. Yeah. No, it, I'm saying in the book. Yeah, oh, that's oh, what okay. Samuel so L. Jackson nice. said. He said that she gouged her eyes out, but she only went blind, like she didn't die. Yeah, love it. But that's a cool. Either yeah. way, disgusting. Yeah. Man, if it, that someone's like that room's evil, Lotus. I'm like, can you fucking put a shoe or something in the door? I don't want anything right. to close right. on me. Oh fuck! And then the first thing with the home movies when he touches the, or when when the TV turns on and it's his old home movies. Yeah, so like, oh, that. fuck that. <laughs> oh man, good movie. Good movie. Don't you look at my life. All right. So, we are at 2.15 and a Tito's Hurdle. No mas. No mas. Gotta show you that movie, Mike. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, this movie came out June 22nd, 2007. What do you guys think the budget for 1408 is? Katie. $10 dues. $10 dues. Emma. $15 dues. $15 dues. <laughs> Mike. Uh, an eye twitch, he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's evil, Mike. <Micah>. <laughs> This is emo John Cusack, Micah. <laughs> Seven dollars. Seven dollars. You mean? So I understand what Micah was bawling over in his head. Should I go above them or below them? 
Should have gone right in the middle. Should have went above. Oh. So oh, the, okay. I was going to go right in the middle. So. Oh, yeah. okay. That's what you're about. So the budget was $25, dude. Goddamn. For what? <laughs> For wow. fucking what? This is like the hey, third movie it? in a row well, where I'm look, just like, look, what the fuck? that was a fuck? good fucking movie. They put the money where yeah? it mattered. Yeah. I'll say that. They put the money where it mattered. Okay. I guess. So, so Fuck, that's a lot of money for So this. what do you guys think the box office was? Katie. $65 dollar dues. 65 Emma. Oh, I think I went way over. I said $115 dollar dues. $115. Micah. You could cut it in the middle for this one. <laughs> no, I'm going to lowball it. $45 dollar dues. 45 The box office for 4208 was $133. Good. Oh my God. Dollar dues. Oh, fuck. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. A lot of the reviews were like, "This movie's it's fun. It's different." You know, uh, you know. A lot of the snooty people were like, "You know, even as haunted hotel Stephen King movies go, it's no shining, but you know, yes. it's alright, I guess." I'm like, oh, yeah. fucking crank it up your Molotov and slam it against a wall, bitch. Right. But no, people were like, "This is a good ass adaptation to make a movie out of." Because, mm-hmm. like I said. He makes billions of short stories all the time. They're like, there's probably a good handful, no more than a handful, there's probably a good 50 of his short stories since he started making stories that would be great movies. Oh, yeah. It just takes the right person looking at him like, oh, shit, what's that about? I want to see the station wagon eat people. That's why I I want to see that real bad. (laughs) Even not as like, more of like a Black Mirror style TV show or series or whatever. Fuck, I wonder if anyone's asked Stephen King would he want to do some show where every episode is like a short story, but like an hour-long movie of a short yeah. story. They had to have asked him like that. You would hope. That'd be cool. I'd watch an hour-long story about a kid meeting the devil out in the woods. That'd be fucking cool. Yikes. I'd do it like VHS, where it's just a bunch of different directors doing it. So it's not just one person put it, making like 15 Stephen King mm-hmm. short stories. It's just like, oh, and then Quentin Tarantino did one, and then Jordan Peele did one, and... You if know, doing whoever that, I, and whoever and whoever did one. Yeah, like, if, if we're doing that, I want to see this, Jordan Peele's version of It. The Stephen King show. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to see that real bad. Well, I don't think you need to do the ones that are already oh, know, successful movies. And that's like, that's a full movie. Oh, yeah. That book is like 900 pages. You could not make that into a one hour. Oh, no, like, not at all. Like, you'd be upset if it was only an no, hour. That, that was just a uh, mental aside. I just wanted to make a movie. <laughs> I would actually, I'd love Jordan Peele to do a Stephen King story. Hopefully you like Stephen King. Jordan Peele does some I can't imagine stuff. he doesn't. Yeah, he's real good. And Stephen King likes putting in racism in his stories. So Jordan Peele will be like, hey, this is my wheelhouse. Let's talk about some bad stuff. So mm-hmm. does anybody have anything else to talk about on 1408? It's good. It's good. The story's great. It's a short story. So I believe this might be the only short story that we do of Stephen King. A couple of the ideas that we're thinking of. I know Katie has read one of them, so she'll be in charge of the fun facts and the differences. But I think the other ones are just full-on books. I think so. But no, uh, I'm pumped, man. I love me some Stephen King. So it's it's a good excuse for me to sit back and read. I remember why we had such a hard time finding it and why... We couldn't go to the, the studio. To, the big to, old W. Yeah, the Weinstein Company. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are tons of movies. That old, mm. old, what, Bob? Harvey. Harvey. His name's Bob. I'm not going to respect him and give him his real name. Harvey. Well, there's two of them. <laughs> Bobbert. Uh, so. yeah, but Harvey's the one who got in yes. trouble. Ooh. And he's the reason that you can't find any of their films. Like yeah. uh, Dogma. It's hard to find that movie. Yeah. But for some reason, it's movies. not hard to find any of the Quentin Tarantino movies, which are all Weinstein Company mm-hmm. yeah, movies. That think, doesn't make any fucking I sense. I think he was able to, I don't know how it works, but Tarantino's I'm sure there's like, something in the rights and Tarantino had a yeah. bid. To, He's probably like, you ain't dragging me down like that, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> you only helped with your name. He's like, I made these movies. So he probably didn't put that much effort into the movie. But some of the other ones, he... Weinstein was probably there, like, hey, you do it like this. You know, so, uh, but no, if you can find this or just, you know, put your pirate hat on. But there's there, there are ways. There are ways of finding movies out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll try to remember the line that Palpatine said to Anakin. He's like, there are other means of finding <laughs> movies. 
Like, can, can a Jedi learn it? No. <laughs> Not a Jedi. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I'm excited for this month. I love me some Skin King. So, with that, that is the end of the show. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about Stephen King, like uh, when he got ran over by a van, he was really scared he wasn't going to finish Dark Tower story. And he started going faster with it and so uh, you can tweet us at <laughs> my brain said down by the river <laughs> Alan Tom Pond oh another fun fact <laughs> he actually added the snitch from Harry Potter into the Dark Tower world as canon and when the snitch touches you you explode so yeah in one of the later books they're fighting off snitches those books are best you can email us at <laughs> allentownpresents at gmail.com but like the snitch is like a whole very important thing that it's very important in that book that too. Harry like swallows <laughs> and then he has to Boom. hold it <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want that he man. holds it for a long ass time wow those snitches are rough <laughs> those snitches give you stitches yeah yes they do uh, there's tons of nods to things. I used that, to have a script that said that. Yeah. <laughs> there's tons of nods to things that he loves. The Wizard of Oz. But anyway, you said the first book. Alan Town Presents. So, the music you listen to right now, that is Flipping a Combined Effort, Flipping the CE, anywhere you can find them. The studio feed says thank you so much for the artwork. Like I said, Stephen King Month, it's my favorite. So, I'm at, I got tons of fun facts, like people on Death Row asking him about the end of movies and books. So, like always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another Stephen King film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots? Oh, my God. Oh, that was a hell of a podcast. My God. What's the time on the clock say? Oh, my God, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, we beat it. We won. We beat it. We're, we're out of here. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad. Damn it, that's spooky.